This is episode 19 of Ruminate, a podcast about what's in our minds. I am Rob Lewis, and with me as always is John Voorhees. Good morning, John. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm a little bit tired. Um, went to uh, went to the cinema late last night. We uh, decided maybe about like nine o'clock to uh, to go to a, a two and a half hour movie. So yeah, well, yeah tell, it's all good. T- tell us what you uh, tell us what you saw. I saw Civil War. Um, yeah, so that's, that came out on Friday. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, I think if if you like the Marvel movies, then you'll like this one. Um, so yeah, yeah, I should do that. I mean, it's been typical spring in Chicago. It's really cold and rainy here. I mean, I spent the whole day, well, yesterday I spent the whole day sitting on the couch deleting email because that's, you know, what you do on a Saturday when you're trying to um, get your life back in order after having thousands of emails in your inbox that were neglected. So I have no emails in my inbox except for a handful that came in overnight. So I'm feeling good about that. And I went out for a run. So it was, you know, it was like a, it was like self-improvement day. Well, there you go. I mean, that is how you party. Do email on a Saturday. Oh, it, yes, it was pretty crazy. Now we went out to dinner. We went. To, we had a good. Uh, we had a good dinner at a pub nearby, so that was nice. Perfect. So, um, first thing we got in our, I guess, follow up. Did we? I don't know if we even mentioned this uh, last episode, but it's in follow up anyway. Um, the app called uh, Matt Snake, which is a, a drawing app where you draw with uh, Mike Hurley and Matt Alexander's face. Yes, you have two choices of Matt face. Um, yeah. Kind of crazy Matt and, and serious Matt, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so they, as you say, it's got a few little buttons across the top. You just pick it and draw it, choose the size. Um, it's a bit strange, but there you go. Um, yeah, there's, apparently there's an Easter egg, a Stephen Hackett Easter egg, but I, I haven't found it, and I don't think you have either, right? Right, and I would ask the uh, the listeners to get in touch with us because I'm tired of looking for it. I'd like someone to tell me what to do. Um, the Mike Hurley head I like to think of as kind of Mike after ten cups of coffee because he looks a little he looks a little wired. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's got the got the crazy eyes going on. <laughs> he definitely does. Um, so yeah, that's that, I guess that isn't really follow up, but I um, I actually have, was having fun fiddling around with that app and making strange little drawings with heads and sending them to you. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and it's our show. We can put whatever we want in follow up. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let the people complain. Start complaining. Uh, please email John. Um, <laughs> so another your your favorite topic, John. Uh, plastic bags again. Um, right, th- right. This right. one came through my my Twitter feed, I think, or maybe you sent it to me. Um, but there was a a British Airways flight that. Uh, allegedly a drone had had hit this this plane um and it turns out it may have been a plastic bag yeah there's a lot of drone hysteria and and this this just goes to show that it's not always somebody with a laser pointer or a drone sometimes it's just a flying plastic bag this is yeah it was i i'm not really sure how they came to the conclusion that it was a drone if it truly was a plastic bag but uh <laughs> Now, well, now you understand why they why they ban these in the UK because this is a matter of national security. I mean, it's right up there with drones. Absolutely, um, this is this is the plastic bag license all over again. So, uh, <laughs> so keep keep your plastic bags safe, people. I'm sure there's all manner of garbage that, that blows around uh, by the airport that hits airplanes, um, and and believe it or not, not all of it is drone garbage. Exactly. Yeah, so that's that's all we have for follow up. We don't have a lot today. It's uh, been a quiet couple of weeks, and there's actually not a lot of news these days. I mean, there's been a little bit, but um, we thought we'd talk a little bit about WWDC today, right? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the first first part to get to is uh, obviously because you you, tra- you you normally go every year, um, but you sadly didn't, or certainly haven't to this point, um, got a ticket. No, I don't. Um, yeah, I entered the lottery, and we we did it right this year because now um, we put in for two tickets, which you know that there's a lot of heartburn that goes into that because what if you do win two tickets? It's um it's an awful lot of money. Um, fortunately, we won we won none, so we saved. I feel like I saved. You know, um, what is it, $3,200, just like that. But um, did not get a ticket. Uh, Owen is putting in for the student scholarship, but that's kind of a long shot just because uh, it is, um, there, I think there's 250 or so students from worldwide that they invite on a scholarship. So that's pretty tall odds. But he's going for that. We'll see what happens. Um, I've actually never had a ticket. I went the first year in 2013 with Owen because he had, he did get a student scholarship then. And it was super frustrating because they let me, I probably told this story before, but they let me into Moscone, but they wouldn't let me into the session. So I got to wander around in the hallway and eat the snacks uh, and use the fast internet. And that's about, that was about the, you know, the extent of it. Um, and ever since then, I, let's see, I did put in a ticket for a ticket last year and didn't get it. I don't think I put in for a ticket uh, in 2014. I just went out for the fun of it um, and hung out. And that's there's plenty to do just if you don't have a ticket. And that's what I plan to do this time as well. Um, there's all sorts of other things going on around, you know, Moscone and the and related to the uh, related to the conference that you can occupy your time with. Sure. Yeah. So there's there's a few different. Um, kind of uh, parallel conferences going on. I guess there's uh, there's layers and an alt comp for the two. <clears throat> Sorry, the uh, the two big ones. Um, I mean, are you planning on maybe going to one of those or? Yeah, I am. I've always done a little bit of alt conf. Um, they the first year they did it in like a small college that was in a high rise or something nearby on Market Street, and then uh, the last year and this year it's at the AMC theater the metreon which is basically right across the street from uh, moscone and it's a movie theater complex uh and it's a little strange you go up to the like the third floor and you go enter this movie theater and there are some movies going on (laughs) while you're there but two or three of the theaters at the very end of the hall they they reserve for the conference and you go in and they have speakers all day long they um they stream the keynote and i think probably the state of the unions um last year they were going to show sessions in a in one uh theater as well but uh apple came down on them on that and so they didn't do that Uh, this year i think there are more sessions being streamed live so i don't know if they'll you know they may be able to stream those um i haven't heard anything one way or the other but altcom gets a good um it's free totally free um, you can actually pay for a ticket if you want to, because it turns out some people who work for companies um, can't get approval for free things, so they have to have some sort of money request attached to going. To, which this is like this is corporate stuff at its finest, really, and it, I think it's hilarious that you can, you know, if if you insist, you can pay like three or four hundred dollars for a ticket. Um, but but I, I've signed up for it. I'm not paying. I'm going on the free ticket. Uh, but they have some really good people talking at it. Um, I've seen some good talks there in the past. And then uh, Layers is a little more design-oriented, and 
Last year, it was in a space that was in the, there's like a shopping mall kind of across, almost directly across the street from the Park 55 Hotel. And up in the top floor, they have some meeting space and they had the conference in there. And Susan Carr spoke last year about, you know, the iconography that she did for the original Mac and John Gruber interviewed her and so and then they have a, you know they had cable sasser and a bunch of other um, really well-known designers and developers talked about various topics and then uh this year john hodgman is kind of their their headliner oh wow yeah that's uh yeah i've always um you know i don't because i'm not an ios developer i don't really pay too much attention to the certainly not the sessions you know i'll watch the the keynote and sometimes i watch a state of the union um just to see what's going on but uh but yeah i mean you know all confident and layers it sounds like uh you know really if you don't get a ticket it's, it's not the end of the world at all and, and especially now with apple uh you know live streaming i think they said they're live streaming all of the sessions right i think it's a little ambiguous in in the stuff on the web and i haven't paid that much attention because i kind of figure i'm going to be since i'm going to be there i'm going to keep busy during the day and i probably won't watch too many of the stream sessions except for the keynote and the state of the unions um, haven't decided exactly what I'm doing yet because um, layers is is definitely an option. Um, I did that last year and it was a lot of fun. Haven't pulled the trigger on a ticket yet because I'm waiting to see how some other things shake out. Uh, but beyond that, there's all the parties. You know, usually the talk show has a live recording. Um, there's Jim Dalrymple's Beard Bash. Relay is doing RelayCon for the first time. At the Mina Gallery, which is a really nice uh place uh so that'll be going to that one so there's plenty of and then there's just seeing all the people that you know who you've gotten to know over the years and going to lunch with them and that sort of thing so it, it fills up the days actually pretty quickly yeah it almost, it almost sounds like if you do get a wwdc ticket wwdc ticket you're uh you're missing out on quite a lot of stuff like uh during the day um, yeah i mean that, and that's why the evenings end up becoming kind of important because there is that core of people who are doing that and you don't see those people during the day maybe you see them first thing in the morning uh if they're staying at the same hotel as you or you run into them at breakfast or something but for the most part you just don't see those people um during the day and you run into them uh, at night at the various events um so the, the and the, i guess the other thing i'll probably be doing is there's I'm going to be doing some, it's not ironed out yet exactly what I'll be doing, but I'll be doing some work with Mac stories. And one of the things I think we're going to do this year, now that we have this Telegram channel, is doing short interviews with uh, some developers. And I've been practicing with my little remote mic setup uh, and posting those up on Telegram and then maybe wrapping them up into something a little bigger on the site or for the, uh, the club later. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting, uh, interesting thing to do. Yeah, if people haven't um, checked out the Mac Stories Telegram channel, they should. Um, some interesting stuff that you, you Graham and Federico post in there. So, um, so yeah, yeah. And, that... uh, talking of uh, Federico, um, and you kind of mentioned uh, RelayCon a second ago, which is Relay's party going on during WWDC. Um, they're also doing a uh, connected meetup. Uh, on the 10th of June in London, uh, which is uh, will be with Mike and Federico. And I'll be there, and I should, if I can find them, have a few uh, Ruminate stickers. Uh, oh, nice. So if, uh, if people want some um, and you're, you're going to be at the meetup, uh, I will be there somewhere. Uh, so come and find me, and I'll, I'll see if I can make sure I've got enough stickers for everyone. If I can find mine, maybe I'll send you some more too. Yeah, definitely. Um, you have actually some that you printed yourself, don't you? 
Uh, I did, um, but your ones are much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll see if I can find them, and I'll maybe send you some more because um, they're just sitting in a drawer in my house somewhere. I haven't, I, I don't have many uh, ruminate uh, meetups in in Chicago. Yeah, I, I think that that meetup is a really cool idea. It's in the same spaces that they used for Upgrade, right? Didn't they? Didn't Jason when he was in London get together with Mike, and you went to that too, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this this one. Uh, luckily, it's, it's kind of a little bit more organised because the uh, the upgrade meetup got pretty crazy. Um, I think there was maybe like sixty or seventy people there, and they were kind of maybe not expecting that many. But this time, you know, there's tickets and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the uh, the 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 pub that we're going to, uh, I can't. I think it's called the Big Chill House. Um, you know, it's it's a really nice venue. Um, seems like for, it must be really, kind of really, yeah, it seems like it must be really big. I mean, and it sounds like from listening to Mike talk about it, that it's got a bunch of different rooms and configurations that he can use depending on how many people sign up, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly which uh, which space we've got, but um, there's kind of the main downstairs area, which is like, you know, the main pub. Um, yeah. But then they also have like a, a kind of a layer up from that, like a, I think it's a mezzanine, but there's, you know, certainly another uh, level above that which I think you can use. And then where we were with the upgrade meetup is they have an actual upstairs bar as well, which is like a, a separate room again. Um, oh, so, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's a really big place. I mean, they've got a, kind of an outdoor balcony area as well. Um, oh, neat. So, yeah, it's a nice nice, nice venue. Yeah, it sounds really good. I mean, it, the, it, the, it's happening because Federico is, is coming to WWC and he's got a ticket, which is going to be great for him for doing the iOS 9 review or iOS 10 review this year. Um, and he is spending the night in London. He's flying through London and traveling with Mike to San Francisco. So the two of them decided, uh, since he was staying overnight, to do this meetup, uh, which I think is a great idea. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. Those guys will be, maybe they'll sleep better on the flight after they've um, spent the night drinking with you guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's a nice idea because, you know, uh, me as an example, like, you know, I'm not going to be coming to San Francisco just for, you know, RelayCon. Uh, right, you know, so we kind of get at least a little bit of that um, elsewhere, and the opportunity to go to that. So, yeah, they've got um, so they're doing their the, the RelayCon thing. I think they're doing a live version of of Connected and having some guests. I think Jason Snell and Serenity Caldwell, if I remember correctly, are going to be doing that. So that'll be cool. Um, for the keynote, I haven't figured out what I'm doing yet. In the past, I've always gone. Twitter's always thrown a thing, so I, I may go down to Twitter HQ and watch it, which is a pretty good place to do it because they've got a big conference room. They put it up on a big screen and they serve breakfast and they do a little, they'll do a little thing at the beginning, um, you know, plugging fast lane or, or some other, what is the, what is the uh, overall umbrella term for their services now they've got so many developer tools fabric right fabric is the one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was thinking Fastlane's is just one of the tools but fabric is kind of the umbrella term for all of their developer tools but they'll have some of the fabric people come in and explain why you should be using that um, and they have some really cool tools uh, i haven't used them myself yet because a lot of them are more geared towards organizations where you're working with a bunch of people you know um, things like Fastlane and and um Oh, you know, continuous integration systems and all that kind of stuff, all of which I know nothing about because I just, I, I, no one needs to check out my code except me. <laughs> one day, John, one day somebody will see it. Um, I don't know how, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that'd no, be the I, day I, you clean it up. <laughs> I think I prefer, I, pr- I prefer that it's only me that sees my spaghetti code. <laughs> um, so I think that's probably about it for WWDC. Um, yeah, I'm I think sure so. Nothing else to add. Um, but. 
I guess one of the things we'll maybe see at WWDC is the Apple Watch, um, presumably at least Watch OS, um, and possibly even an update. But um, you've kind of put this in the show notes, but like do you, do you said, you, you've said in the show notes that you use yours every day. Um, for me, I, I, I wear it every day and I kind of do like it, but I feel like it's, it's definitely got some shortcomings that. I don't know whether software can fix or whether it really needs to be a hardware upgrade. Well, I think hardware is definitely an issue. I mean, I think the thing is just generally too slow. I mean, I, I agree with you. It has a lot of shortcomings. Um, I've kind of got to this place where I was a little sick and tired of hearing about how it's a disaster and a failure and everything's awful, when in fact I think there are a handful of things that it does very well and work extremely well for me. Um, you know, sure, I would like the apps to work better. I, I really don't use the apps. And I'm not even sure it really needs apps, uh, at least not apps in the way that they're they're implemented on the watch today. I mean, I, I mostly use it for fitness notifications and, and a couple of apps, if you can even call them that, things like timers and, and alarms. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, th- I think I agree. You, you really hit the point there with the with the apps that I think the concept of apps on the watch really needs to change. I don't think it's something that you go in and go, oh, I'm just going to open, I don't know, a Twitter app or something like that. Like That's not really... I don't think that's conducive to like a good experience on the watch. I mean, a perfect example of this is uh, is Dew, uh, which is a reminder app. Yep. Um, you know, and that has you know a, an Apple Watch app, but for the most part, the important part of it is if I click on the notification when it reminds me, I can just perform actions on it. You know, I can add <clears throat> change it for an extra hour or a day or mark it as done, um, which is kind of you know that's kind of integrated with the actual Apple Watch app. But I would never open the app itself. It's kind of just these extra actions that I want to perform on notifications and things like that 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 I find most useful. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I do interact interact with apps, but only from a notification standpoint. Um, some of the email apps are pretty nice because you can do things like if you get an airmail notification. Um, I'm just started trying out airmail, but you can archive the email immediately if you can see enough of it to know it's not something you really need to deal with, or you can delete it. I mean, there, you know, or star it sometime. I forget. I'm, I'm probably getting Outlook and airmail confused, but um, being able to do a few basic things with emails that come in or um, respond to text messages or do like you said with do, because I've started using do again. And I have one complaint about do, which is when you say something is done on your watch, do does not sync with itself that well. If it's not in, it has to be in memory as far as I can tell. Oh, what? So um, if you mark it as done, it doesn't what disappear from the notification center or, or from the not, app? It doesn't disappear from like my phone or my iPad. Like if it, if it'll pop up in all three places and if I mark mm. it done in one place, it won't necessarily stop sending the alerts in another place. Oh, uh, okay. I, I don't think I'd notice that, but uh, I, I don't think I use sync on it. I think I've turned that off because I, I only use it with my phone. So I guess that's kind of an issue that I wouldn't come up against. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this is something that, that Apple, I mean, do they have good frameworks for this? Is this something that iCloud Sync can do with notifications and things like that? I guess it is, but I don't know. It yeah, seems, seems I, to be a problem that comes up quite a lot. Yeah, it does. I mean, so my uh, one way that notifications works particularly well for me is because I'm, you know, throughout the day getting 
pinged on Slack and things for, with you know people from Mac Stories and the like. Um, I have my watch really only pings me for things that are non-day job related. My phone buzzes if I get a work email. Um, so I know even without looking at either one of them, whether I'm, someone's trying to get me from work or from Mac Stories or maybe my family or somebody else, which is kind of nice. It's like a first rough cut between uh, what's actually going on and I can you know choose to ignore it or, or look at it and then from there figure out what I'm going to do. So notifications works great for me. Plus, I guess the other thing, and this is one of the things you see, there's a little bit of an undercurrent of I think there are there are um, tech writers who basically work at home, which is fine, <laughs> but <laughs> they don't go out a lot, and notifications are somewhat meaningless because they're in front of their computer all the time. Um, whereas if, and I know Casey List wrote a, a post about this, which I agree with, is that if you're gone all day, and I'm gone about 12 hours a day on, during the week, um, when I'm walking down to the train or on the train or whatever, I'm out and about a lot and it helps a lot to have those notifications, especially in the cold weather. I can take a quick look at my watch and decide whether I have to dig out my phone. So that, that I think, um, is one thing that makes a difference for notifications. If you really are truly in a position where notifications are useful to you. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of found the same thing, you know, I <clears throat> traveling to work and, and, you know, as you say, notifications are pretty useful. But I've also found actually when I am at work, although I'm in front of a, my computer all day, it's kind of nice that if I get, you know, something on Twitter or, you know, maybe a text message or Telegram or something like that, I can, if I'm in the middle of working, I can just quickly look at my watch and, and yep. know whether it's actually worth me getting my phone or opening the app or, or you know, whatever I need to do. Um, it's kind of just nice to get that quick glance um, to find out what's going on. Right, right. And and so there's that. And then I guess the other things I use, I use the alarms and timers, which aren't too sexy. But the fact that you can charge your phone overnight on a bedside table, and when you put it on its side, it becomes a little alarm clock with, you know, the time on it that that only lights up if you jiggle it is really nice. I mean, that's become my main my main clock. Um, and then fitness tracking, which you know, if you're like some a real serious athlete trying to train for a marathon or something, it may not be the best uh, fitness tracker for that sort of thing. But I think for 95% of people, it's really good. I just used it yesterday, went out for a run in the rain, and, um, you know, the watch is waterproof enough that that's not an issue. And uh, it does, a, as far as I can tell, a fairly good job of tracking both distance and pace and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I was I was going to ask you because I've been thinking about this for a while. But what would <clears throat> what is the Apple Watch two the new the new hardware? What's that got to be to make you want to buy it? Like, what are the improvements you want to see? Because I mean, for me, I, f I feel like it works perfectly for what I want it for. You didn't actually say notifications, alarms, and timers, a couple of other bits. And I, I'm just not convinced that I I'm going to be willing to shell out another three hundred pounds to to get the next version i don't I, to me i think it's going to be more than just the hardware itself it's going to have to be a change in both the hardware and the software and particularly the third-party software that taking advantage of the hardware before i get a new one um, because yeah I, I tend to agree with you i mean it does what i need it to do quite well um, and it's not i don't think it's going to be the kind of device that i buy a, a new one every time they come out um, i may skip a generation but you know i say that now when it's hard to imagine what might happen to the hardware. I think, you know, at a minimum, 
be nice to just see the hardware get faster more than anything else. I don't care about thinness nearly as much. I think it's it'd be nice if it were a little thinner, but I'd much uh, prefer it to just be you know orders of magnitude faster uh, in a way and better at communicating with you know its um, the with the phone that it that it's tied to, so that. Uh, more things can be done by third-party developers with the software because right now I think that's so limited just by the uh, the hardware itself and and the fact that when you hit an app mostly it just spins for far too long yeah definitely I mean I'm sometimes I'll uh, you know the, the, the glance that I use the most is the the now playing one for skipping you know back forward and pausing and stuff every now and again I'll accidentally tap the title which will open the overcast app and, oh yeah you know I mean you know I'm a big fan of, of of overcast and you know i kind of know that marco arment does put a lot of effort into making his apps good but like the, the watch app is just i mean i know he's kind of still using the the original watch kit stuff but it's just so slow like it, it it's unbearable it's completely useless yeah it's true i mean there's not a lot that, that there are a handful of apps that i've seen that that are doing a good job with the limitations of the hardware and i think david smith somehow has it figured out pedometer plus plus and activity plus plus both do a pretty good job with the app portions Uh, but i still hardly ever go into those because i use the complications that come with those those apps and that's kind of enough Um, because what i'll do is i'll look at my watch just to kind of see how many steps i have or how far i am in the activity plus plus you know graph for the day and if i'm really if i really want to see the details i tend to go to my phone to see those yeah i don't know i think complications actually is another one that i hadn't really thought of um but there just doesn't seem to be that many complications i mean the the promise of it when it was when complications and watch os2 was announced was you know that every app would have this amazing complication and you know there'd be all these different options in reality there's you know a few different weather ones and as you say a lot of a uh, lot of fitness stuff like activity plus plus but you know there just doesn't seem to be a lot of options and there's not even kind of anything extra coming from apple um in terms of complications well i i think that there's a constraint on on complications that kind of make them problematic for third-party developers and that is the number of them that you can have i mean once some once you decide on a complication i mean i I don't i I would be surprised if there are very many people who change them regularly Um, you figure out what what's best for you and then you just don't change them and then for all the other third-party developers who have made a complication for the apps you use it might as it may you they may as well not even exist right yeah i can totally see that i mean as you said i certainly haven't changed my my layout for probably five or six months now yeah no i i i the last time i changed it was with activity plus plus and they haven't done it since then um and so i've got the i guess i've got i've got the stock weather one although i should probably use like carrot weather i've heard that that complication is particularly good um but i've got the stock weather app um with the, just the temperature one of the little mini complications pedometer plus plus on the bottom which has is the wider one and um, activity plus plus in the upper left, uh, and it's probably a little too heavy on the fitness stuff. But you know, I don't know. I haven't found it. It's like you said, there aren't that many different kinds of complications out there, and I haven't really found any others that are particularly compelling. No, definitely not. And actually, it's reminded me of something that does bug me. I can't have. I want you know two or three different complications, and I want the time in the middle of the watch. 
I, d- I don't think this is some <laughs> I don't think I'm asking for much no um, do you use the use the modular digital one I do because <clears throat> um, I just I just find digital you know easier to quickly glance at to know what the time is but it would just be nice if I could have it in the middle of the the watch I mean I don't know why the time isn't treated like a complication. Um, yeah, no, that that one does kind of bug me too, and I, that's one reason I don't use it. I use the utility face, and for a while when I first got it, I would switch the faces up once in a while, and I haven't changed the face or the color of the dials or anything in in months and months and months at this point. Yeah, I tend to only change the color, uh, like you know the accent color, if I uh, if I switch my bands over because um, I've got I've got black, orange, and and blue, uh, so I'll kind of switch between those. <clears throat> You know, spe- speaking of bands, um, I know that, you know, everybody says, oh, not everybody, but there's a lot of talk about how uh, Apple Watch is doomed. But I'll tell you one thing that's not doomed are those bands, because when I gave that talk up at Con- CocoConf, it was north of where our local Apple store is. And on the way home, I stopped in because I figured it was like two days before that the new bands had come out. And I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to pick myself up one of these bands, the the Royal Blue one, which I think looks really nice. Yeah, and and they were already the 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 shelves were already almost completely bare of watch bands. I thought, ah, oh, no big deal. I don't want to really want to bother ordering this online. I'll just wait and stop by another day. So I can't went back a few weeks later. Same situation. I went back again recently, like a couple of weeks ago. Same situation. None of the new stuff was there hardly, except for maybe a couple of the nylon ones. And this time, because the first time I I did look online, but I decided not to. Because the, the shipping date was two to three weeks. And I thought, ah, they'll have it in the local store before then. Well, now the shipping date on the on that Royal Blue Sports Band is eight to ten weeks. Wow. Yeah, that's, yes. that's too long. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, now I, so I could get it and I'll have it right before I go to WWC. Maybe. At this point, it could be after. So I haven't even bothered at this point to to uh, order it. I I still kind of hoping one turns up when I pop in a store, but I just don't go to the Apple store that often. There's not a lot of reason to go there um, for me. Yeah, I, I did. I noticed the same thing. I think it was when they released the the Project Red uh, Sport Band. I can't remember exactly when that was. Um, yeah, that was like last end of last summer, I think, or early fall, something like that. Yeah, and and I went to the Apple store probably two or three weeks after, so I kind of knew that they were you know in the stores and like similar experience to you the wall was basically bare um except for the the standard colors basically black um and the blue because those are kind of the the colors that came with the the watches and stuff but yeah for the most part they just seem to sell out so quickly yeah and i i doubt that it's a production problem i assume it's just a a supply problem you know in terms of they can't make them fast enough because for instance all of those cases the matching iphone cases they've got tons of those Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but they don't have any of the watch bands, and I'm, I'm, you know, I've gone back to the naked robotic core, as Syracuse would say. Um, I have not, I have not been uh, using my case for the last few months, and I'm, I'm loving it again this way. Um, but the one thing I almost, I darn near dropped it on the concrete floor in my garage yesterday. <laughs> I had it in my lap, and I didn't realize I had it in my lap. And I, I got out of the car, and it rattled down and fell between the seat and the and the uh, edge of the car, fortunately, and did not land on the concrete. Yeah, I've started to get some uh, kind of chips and scratches on my... Uh, <clears throat> I've got the black leather case, um, and I keep considering uh-huh. maybe just going without a case, but I'm too scared, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I hold mine in a death grip whenever I'm walking down the street. Yeah, that's probably the best idea. Um, so 
Did you want to quickly talk about uh, iOS keyboards? Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a massive amount to say on this, but um... well, yeah, I don't either because I mostly don't use them and don't like them. But I have been checking some out for Mac Stories recently uh, because people—it's surprising like how many people um, are interested in, in keyboards. And the problem I have with them is it's similar to an Apple Watch problem. Is sometimes it seems like it takes forever for them to load when you switch to a, a third-party keyboard. Um, but but there are some kind of cool ones. I do like, I mean, Microsoft see, all of a sudden is making all these keyboards. They made two keyboards in like two weeks. Um, one is called Hub, and it's deeply integrated with Office 365, which meant that it was it's basically useless to me. Um, but if you, you know, it, it will like pull up your... It, it kind of, you know, they, they are actually sending your keystrokes back to Microsoft, which is probably not... Um, something that some people are comfortable with but by doing that it's able to do all sorts of predictive stuff and you know pull up contacts from your contacts and um list out documents that you might have stored in OneDrive and that kind of thing i mean and there's an extra row at the top that that basically acts like an adjunct to the keyboard and anticipates the kind of stuff you'll need while you're typing and that's kind of cool and that, that came out of um microsoft microsoft's garage project which is their I guess it's like a little, it's their, it's like an internal startup for developing software. As far as the one, the stuff I've seen they've done so far are tend to be um, mobile, mobile apps. Uh, and then like two weeks later, they came out with another one called WordFlow. And this is kind of interesting because it's, um, they, didn't they pick up one of those, didn't they pick up one of those swipey keyboards at one point? Yeah, I thought uh, maybe they did. Um, like SwiftKey, I think maybe was was that the one? Possibly. I, I I'll be honest. While we're on the topic, I um I, I tried a couple of third party keyboards when you know when they were first released, and and kind of like you, you just get that kind of you click it to switch to a keyboard and you maybe get a little flash or it doesn't quite change quick enough and then you go to a password field and obviously because you don't want third parties seeing that it switches back to the other one and it just. It was a little bit just too janky for me that I I never bothered um, trying any right. after that. Right, they don't have access to all the features that the regular keyboard has. I think I don't think they have uh, access to the autocorrect, the um, same autocorrect either. Although they can implement their own. Um, WordFlow though lets you do the swipey thing where you swipe between letters to spell words, uh, and it does a really good job. Um, the funny thing was when I was typing out the name Microsoft WordFlow. It didn't recognize its own name and capitalized the <laughs> capitalized the name of the app, so I had to kind of call that one out. But um, and, but besides just doing swipey, you can you can make it so it's like a one-handed keyboard where it it, it uh, shifts either the left or the right in kind of an arc coming from the side of the keyboard space. So it makes it a lot easier if you have a bigger phone to reach the the letters um, one one handed. Yeah, that's that is quite a smart solution to the the kind of one handed problem. Um, yeah, it's a neat idea that you know it's a neat idea. The only thing is, is that I would think that you could only that that would only be useful to me if I moved to that keyboard permanently and got used to it because it, it is a little hard the first time you use it. Yeah, definitely. And I think <clears throat> again, like I just said, the problem you'll have is the um, the, the second you get to a secure input like a password or something, you're back to the old keyboard again. Um, Right, and the the funny part of this keyboard, like it's an interesting idea. The fact that f- backgrounds and customizations are a thing, where you can put photos, 
behind your keyboard. It, it it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. It I, looks so it looks so awful, doesn't it? I don't know why I would ever want this. Even with the even with the stock ones that come with it, I thought it was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. I mean, I, this this seems to be a thing though, because if you you can do it in in Telegram as well, can't you? You can change the background. So if I just wanted a different background for my conversation with you, I could have like a picture of your face behind the conversation. Now I don't know why anybody would want anything but just like a plain background. Yeah, don't get me started about people that put pictures of their families behind icons because I think it's ridiculous. But sorry, people, <laughs> I don't think it looks good, um, and it's distracting. Anything, anything that's got any kind of pa- irregular pattern, I think looks terrible. I think it also falls into this category of um, <clears throat> you see it quite a lot with Android because you can do it, but people will, like change the system font um, to comic sans or to something. comic sans or some equivalent and I, I just i don't know how anybody can function <laughs> with this setup like that um so the last keyboard you mentioned is how do i even say this is it just emoji nn um i i pronounce it emojin but oh. i don't know <laughs> sorry yeah I'm, I'm just i'm looking at it like an idiot yeah emojin would make more sense yeah yeah it's uh emojin's just a general uh emoji search app which i reviewed on mac stories recently and it's a nice it's nice because it's you know especially with the number of emoji there are now sometimes it's hard to find the one you want and sometimes it's also uh, hard to especially hard to know what category they fall in um and the example i gave was sunglasses is under people instead of objects of course right so uh but but with this with this app you can do uh, a search and it searches both the name, you know, they all have official titles, so you can search the the name, which helps bring it up a lot faster. Or there are some extra keywords that the developer added uh, that helps you find categories of things. But there's there's more that could be done there. I think like locomotive and train, you know, they maybe ought to add keywords so that locomotive pulls up train and train pulls up locomotive, and it doesn't right now. Uh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you pull up locomotive, I think you get the old-fashioned train. If you pull up train, you get uh, four or five versions of bullet trains. Because after all, why why would we um, not want five different emoji for trains? Of course. Uh, um, but uh, uh, yeah, so so that's the main app. But you can. Uh, there's also a keyboard that comes with it that works kind of the same way, and you start typing, and it'll. Uh, It'll pull up the emoji you want in a row up above, and and you can um, then paste them in into the uh, whatever you're writing. It also has like a favorites and recents button in the keyboard, which helps bring those up too. So it's it's nice. I mean, I I'm not going to really probably use it. Uh, I I like the app more than I do the keyboard, um, but it's the kind of thing that you know you see a lot of specialized keyboards like that. I think Copied has one of the n- nicest non-text-based keyboards that I've seen where whatever your database of copied snippets is, you can access them from the keyboard. But I keep coming back to the problem with, you know, as nice as that might be, either of those keyboards might be for what you want, you still have to switch keyboards, which to me is a terrible process. Yeah, it's really not great. But It's dis- it's disruptive to whatever you're doing, and it takes just a, a split second too long, uh, and then you got to get back to the other keyboard somehow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this is the kind of thing we do need on ios but i think it should be built in um this you know searching for emoji because on the mac it's great to be able to just open up the emoji uh little pop-up and just type as you say train or locomotive or whatever it is i'm looking for and just be able to grab that really quickly 
Yeah. Okay, so I think that's about it on keyboards because it sounds like neither of us are really that interested in them because they're just implemented badly. I think yeah. I think if they if they got sped up, I mean the other you know I think part of the switching problem is too. You know how you can you can hold down on the globe button and it pops up like you know a, a list of your installed keyboards. That only works from the system keyboard. Once you're in one of these third party keyboards, you can't do that. You have to cycle through them. Um, which that in and of itself, if they change that, I think it would make a big difference. That and speeding up the switch a little, a little more. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, the la- I guess the last main topic we were thinking about talking about is maybe a little bit of on the um, iOS 10 wish list that Federico did and the and the concept video he did. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I I had a little bit of a behind the scenes view as to what was going on there. Um, and watched as it nearly <laughs> as it nearly destroyed Federico because he was working so hard on it. He was completely spent when that thing finally came out, and I think it shows because um, I loved it. I mean, I I was blown away the first the first time I saw it, and I only saw early on. I only saw like you know it took a long time for them to put that together, and I'd see little snippets here and there, like um, like the uh, contextual menu to move to cut and paste, drag and drop, I guess. Uh, content from one one app to another, uh, and I that was the first thing I saw, and I was like, wow, that that's a that's a great implementation of it. I thought, um, and what I think at the end of the day made it so good is what Sam Beckett did was he he took what it, it was a combination of two things. First, I think Sam did a, an amazing job just with the, the video itself and kind of putting pictures to Federico's words. But Federico also, because he is so deep into iOS, has wishes for iOS 10, which are very realistic. They're things that um, might be hard to implement, but they probably should be implemented or should be tried to be implemented. You know what I mean? It's it, there's there's like a real life uh, basis for and experience behind what the wishes are that made the concept video that much more compelling because it wasn't just kind of a pie in the sky. Let's make some pretty video that shows things that realistically or from a user experience standpoint are never going to happen in the first place yeah definitely i mean i think you know my first reaction when i i kind of saw what this big project that he'd been teasing was and you know the title of video is ios 10 concept my initial reaction was oh great another concept video because as you say a lot of these concepts whether they're like just you know uh 3d renderings or videos or whatever always seem to be kind of so uh, j- j- almost impossibly difficult to to imagine or even implement. Um, but as you say, I don't think there's anyone better to talk about working on iOS than Federico because he's been doing it for three, four years now. Um, you know, if you ask me, what's my iOS 10 wish list? I don't have any because I don't use it enough. Um, but, you know, the, the kind of things that he was coming up with in this video and just the, the, the way... Uh, you know, Sam kind of put the animations together and stuff. It it, it it was just a really great video. Yeah, I mean, they worked on it for a very long time. Um, I I can't. I'd have to look back at Slack to see when Federico first told me he was working on it. But it was at least it was fairly, you know, at least a couple of months. They worked on it for a couple of months, and I saw that some of that early stuff pretty early in the process. Um, and it was neat to see it evolve. Uh, you know, as a result of having to get information to Sam so that he could work on the video, Federico worked on that 
started to work on that that article a long time ago. I mean, I saw drafts weeks and weeks ago, um, and it was interesting to kind of see that develop in parallel with the video and then see little snippets of the video coming out from time to time. Uh, and at the end, I know that uh, I think uh, Federico was a little tired of the whole process. He, he had lost, you know, he had kind of lost for, lost the forest for the trees and um, wasn't sure whether it was good anymore and was, I think, for a little a little nervous about the whole thing. But um, it's turned out to be quite, quite, um, quite successful. I mean, last I looked, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 400,000 views on YouTube, which... Is good. It brings a whole new group of people to the website potentially that way. Yeah, definitely. I, and I, I did see a discussion um, where I generally don't see a discussion about kind of Mac stories and things like that was was on Reddit uh, in one of the I think it was maybe Apple Apple subreddit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, the kind of the you know the comments there were the same as you know a lot of what I was seeing on Twitter that people were like, yeah, this is really realistic. This is these are these are good suggestions. Um, you know. And, and I think I even saw somebody kind of saying that like concept kind of just that word kind of uh, almost does it a disservice in a way because it's it's much more well thought out than just a oh this is what I want um, you know it, it, it's just uh, yeah I think as you say I think the reaction was great and um, and and yeah it's really good yeah um, it, for more information on these things the club. I'll, I'll plug the uh, Mac Sto- Club Mac Stories a little bit because um, Sam did a real nice write-up for um, the April Club Monthly about kind of the technical aspects of putting together the video, which I found really interesting because, you know, I, he's obviously doing things that I don't do, and it's just neat to see someone um, take, you know, the tools. And, and he, he was using primarily Sketch for the assets, and then Adobe Premiere to put it all together. Um, and I've never used Adobe Premiere, but I do use Sketch from time to time, and it's an app that I want to do more with, and it's, uh, it's quite powerful, and, and it l- looks like uh, it, it worked really well for the video. Uh, and then the second was that um, Federico did a... Actually, you know what? I'm getting this backwards. I guess Sam did it for the, the Club Max Stories Weekly two weeks ago, and Federico for the monthly newsletter did uh, did a behind the scenes more from his perspective also just kind of I think talking about some of the reasons why he did it and from a almost from a business standpoint what he was trying to achieve for Mac stories and I, I thought both of those were uh, really well done uh, if you're a club member or are thinking about joining club Mac stories so yeah and, I, and and if you sign up you can get access to the archives as well so uh, you know even if you decide to start decide to sign up now you can you can get access to those uh those newsletters and and see those those two behind the scenes which uh you know as you say we're we're really interested to read um about the process of how how it all came together yep cool i think that's about it for the i think so too so um oh did you did you look at my video on the uh, the man in the hedgehog suit who who uh, took over a television station i I didn't see the video no uh i did see the article but uh, god tell us about this then john 
Uh, well, the video you'll actually they you can watch them shoot the guy. Uh, so it's it's a little it's not a it, it, it's it's somewhat funny story, but I don't think it ended particularly well. Um, a guy in a hedgehog suit uh, took a thumb drive in, to a, a television station and uh, insisted on sharing something with the world. Um, and I, I didn't really go too much in the detail to see what the aftermath was, but he he left the station at some point and wouldn't take his hand out of his pocket. So the SWAT team shot him, and he's just just keeps walking after he's been shot in the arm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a little, it, the pictures are kind of, are, are bizarre. I, I put this in because I feel like the UK gets way too much of the bizarre news. And, um, you know, maybe I don't pay enough attention in the US to, to our, our bizarre news, but this crossed my path um, yesterday morning while I was scrolling through Twitter. I'm, I'm 100% sure as well that this title has been changed of this article. Uh, because when I looked at it yesterday, when you when you sent it to me, it definitely said hedgehog suit in the title. Uh, yeah, it now it doesn't say that. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I guess I guess when you sent it to me yesterday, it was much more of a oh, there's a guy in a hedgehog suit, um, and it's now turned into a little bit more of a you know a a, a, a real news story, I suppose. But uh, but yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting to, as you as you say, it's definitely a comparable to the kind of nonsense we get in the UK. Um, well, it looks a little bit like one of those slankets or something that he's wearing. It's like a one, it's a it's a one piece thing. It's like from his ankles all the way up, one big zip up suit with a yeah. With, it's like a like a hoodie with with the uh, the face of a hedgehog on the hoodie part. Exactly. Maybe I'll see if I can get you one on Amazon, John. <laughs> oh, no, no. We've got. We've already got uh, Nicholas Cage on our pillowcases. So, fair enough. I will. I will save that for another time. Then. <laughs> um, and I, I don't so, want. Sorry, go on. No, that's fine. Good. Uh, yeah. So the last thing we wanted to mention because this is this has been you've probably everyone's probably seen this at this point, but uh, Windows ninety five on the Apple Watch. Yes. Um, it. I quipped on Twitter yesterday. Uh, the the guy says, "Oh, it takes an hour to boot," um, and, and you know, I was impressed that he was able to uh, improve the startup times. Um, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, this was kind of interesting, but also kind of crazy. I don't know. I I um, I, I read about it on Mac Rumors, and uh, the, this thing took. This was so hard for him to get booted that he had to devise a little a little motor with a straw attached to it to poke the uh, crown every so often so the screen wouldn't shut off. Yeah, I, when you've got to start doing that, I think maybe rethink what you're doing with your time. Um, I mean, it's it's impressive, but uh, yeah, this is, is very, very strange. Yeah, it's running in an emulator, I guess, that, and an emulator is baked into an Apple Watch app. And so when he would then, for instance, want to try to scroll the, the pointer to some spot on the screen it would take minutes for it just to go a few pixels so it was basically it's completely useless yeah um this is i, I think this is one of those things so like every time i mean i think i've seen windows 95 or, or or even xp on an iphone before and you know on an android phone and things like that people just like messing around with this stuff but yeah i can't really see the use of uh of windows 95 on a on an apple watch although you know i suppose you could do real work on it um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, I guess it, from a proof of concept and the fact that yes, um, it you know it, it technically, I I found it interesting just from a technical standpoint that he could do it and that he found a way to do it. Um, but it's also kind of all right. So why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than to prove a point, I guess. I I think it's quite funny as well because without without the internet, this would just be a guy 
in his house being ridiculous and nobody would care. Um, you know, but because we have these platforms that we can just go, look what I've done, and everyone goes, yeah, it's so weird, but great. Let's write a new story about it. Yeah, and look, I mean, he was on The Verge, uh, Mac Rumors, and 9 to 5, I saw at least those three. So it, it got pretty wide circulation. Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess the last thing, we have a giveaway. Um, we do. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to run us through this, John? Yeah, we have four codes to give away for Agenda Minder. And Agenda Minder is a Mac app by one of the listeners of our show, and it lets you do things, schedule out uh, meetings and make it easier for you to deal with your meetings uh, by, in, by creating agendas, sharing them out to other people who are involved in the meeting, and that sort of thing. Um, basically organizes them both temporally uh, in a calendar as well as uh, by topic and, and agenda. So it, uh, there's a review that I did a few weeks back on Mac Stories if you want to find out more, and we can put a link to the to that uh, review of the show notes so you can find out a little bit more about the app. But we've got four copies to give away. It's on the Mac App Store, so we have uh, promo codes for those. And what we're going to do is if you tweet, the first four people who tweet to the Ruminate Podcast uh, Twitter account will get these codes. So that's Ruminate, at Ruminate Podcast, right, Rob? Exactly. Um, and if you want to send a, a GIF or a funny picture with that, that would be nice too. Um, oh sure we love funny stuff just for my own amusement really (laughs) yeah well you know that mm, I guess we won't make it a requirement but I'm tempted to make it a requirement because then we can put it in follow up and we'll have um, we can describe gifts and you know paint a word picture of gifts and uh, and even if you don't even if you you know you don't want a gender minder or the codes have already gone and you want to send us a gif you know feel free we need them for our uh, for our library and gif wrapped absolutely do you have a do you have a gif ra- a, a gif manager, Rob? Uh, no, not right now. Um, that I I have a I have a folder uh, with some gifs in it, uh, just in my Dropbox. But um, uh, but check no, out that, gif wrapped. Yeah, I, have you ever used I really that? need something for the Mac because um, I just I yeah. don't use my phone enough. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I'm I'm sorry, John. <laughs> We're at the end of the show and you're making me sad. Oh my god, I'm so um my battery is about to run out because for some reason my laptop's not charging. <laughs> oh jeez, Rob. <laughs> oh, it's charging. What I now. just what, yeah, what what I just what I just what I what I just said. What are we going to do with you? <laughs> you almost ended the show prematurely. I would be talking to myself like I do on uh, the Mac Stories Lounge. I was more concerned about using the uh losing the uh recording. Um, that would have been. <laughs> yeah, that would that would really suck. <laughs> it's uh, it's charging now for some reason. It's been plugged in the whole time, but wasn't charging. But here we go. Oh, okay. All right, we're good now. What, how how low did you get? Do you have the percentage to share with the the listeners? I was at four percent. Oh, jeez, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that was a close call. <laughs> well, I have 4%. I have the battery hidden under bartender, um, oh, and I just yeah. wait until it gets to five percent, and then it tells me. Um, but it was supposed wow. to be charging. But there you go. All right. So, uh, so yeah, send us your gifts. Um, if you want a, an agenda minder code, then uh, you'll be one of the first four people to to, uh, to tweet us, um, and we will. Yeah, I guess that's probably it for this week. Yeah, we should tell people where to find the various things we are doing on the internet, Rob. Where they where can the, the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I am at RM Lewis UK. Uh, that's that username 
pretty much everywhere as well on other social networks. Is, is there an RM Lewis US? I don't think there is. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm going to grab that one. <clears throat> but there was a. Uh, I think when I first picked that username, there was an RM Lewis, um, and I just needed something else to to add to the end yeah. of it. Got it. So uh, so yeah, and uh, I've got a website as well. If you're interested in other things that I do, uh, roblewis.me. And John, where can people find you? Well, on Twitter at John Voorhees, and um, I'll uh, plug the Mac Stories Lounge again because I'm over posting messages and audio clips and all sorts of stuff over at telegram.me slash Mac Stories. Uh, that's just me, Federico, and Graham Spencer. So um, about a th- you'll get about a third of it will be me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. All right. Bye. Bye.